Hello, this is Carla with As I Grow Up, and I want to bring you something different today. Today is Saturday, April 1st, and I wanted to bring you this live Facebook stream from Brian Matthew Raven. Uh, This was from Thursday night, and he gave a prophecy for the United States, and I wanted to share this with you. I tried to get him online today, but we just were not able to connect with the software that we had. So I'm going to um, play this live for you. And there are things going on in the background, and you'll just have to ignore them. He's saying hello to people as they come online and other noises that you would expect. So, um, Again, this is Brian Matthew Raven on Facebook. Thank you for listening. Good look is not a good feel. Welcome, Joanna. Welcome, Helen. Much happening in America, right? Are you surprised? Trump indicted? Well, it was prophesied. It was last week during a live at the end of the live I spoke a word that said there will be a man and his hands will be tied and those who seek to tie the hands of this man I will tie their hands I, the Lord God, will tie their hands. And we need to really hear. You see, many, and I'm going to be honest, have heard me speak in the past and in the present about what is to come. And many have chosen to just ignore it. It was only yesterday... I said a storm is coming, but many are not prepared for it, and many don't want to hear it. Yes, Jerry, I said this, yes, I said uh, this individual had political significance. I didn't name him. Jerry can recall the live. I said whoever... The Lord said, whoever seeks to tie his hands, for he is my anointed, whoever seeks to tie his hands, I will tie the hands of all those who seek to tie and bind him. This man cannot be bound. And I spoke it. Jerry Cooper, God has taken you out of chaos and put you into calm. The words I spoke to you just a few nights ago as to Rwanda being the land of milk and honey, your safe haven, how true has not, how true has that not become? I'm not getting into grandeur, I'm not getting into self-elevation or exaltation, or I'm not moving in arrogance or vanity It is true. The body of Christ, predominantly most, are not prepared to hear 
what the Lord is saying through me. And yesterday I said, a storm is coming. Five years of economic ruination. Ruination. It's more than a deep recession. It's bordering on a depression economically, globally. And God is using it. Don't say devil, devil. God is using that because, and particularly those in Australia and America, we in America and Australia, me, Australia, we have played with God for far too long. We've played with God's mercy and compassion. But he is coming upon the land in judgment. How many times have I spoken that in his right hand is love, forgiveness and blessing, compassion and mercy. And in his left hand is his correction for our direction. It's his judgment. That's in his left hand. And God has a sovereign will. He can use whatever he wants in his creation to bring about a change in the direction of his children. And we have played with God, particularly in the USA. Played with him. We've tested his patience. We've tested his mercy. We've tested his compassion. Australia, exactly the same. And we're not ready. We're not ready for what's transpiring what's coming to pass not ready for it now there's great joy in this because I wrote yesterday about that storm that's coming five years of economic ruination but God will preserve you and me remnant believers would you get that into your spirit and you start celebrating God is going to preserve you and me and you will not be partakers of economic ruination you will receive your provision for your need the word doesn't say wants the word doesn't say needs the word says need one need what is your need whatever it is in that period of time in that moment whatever need i have god will give me that need that need and it's specific and it's got your name on it and my name on it. Amen, Joanna. And so God showed me that the five years of economic ruination for the world, a complete change in the financial system. Then he showed me, secondly, a pandemic behind that, three years of it. So we've got eight years of duress. It's a rough ride to come. But we have calm and peace. We're not anxious. We're not fearful. We are trusting. Australia has become a socialist state. The Labor Party is now in power in every single territory, I think except Tasmania. The socialist mandate, the Marxist social reconstructionism is taking place in Australia as I speak. God moved me out of Australia knowing of what was to come. He spared me. It's looking like two million Australians will lose their homes within the next six to eight months. 
because of interest rates going up so high. Hey, Krishna. Slamat Pagi, Abna. So the storm is rolling on and we are to have calm, we're to have a serenity and we're to have a trust in God. Those of us who are not trusting God will struggle in these years to come. We say we have a yearning for God's presence. If that was true, there'd be fruit on your spiritual trees. The yearning for God's presence is not time allocated. As in, well, from this hour to this hour, I'm going to be in God's presence. Yearning for God's presence is 24-7. It's throughout the day. And before you sleep, you say, Lord, I want to be in... I want to be in harmony and in union with you as I sleep. And you will be subconsciously in union with him as you sleep. This storm is grubby. It's messy. It's strife and it's division. And I'm telling you, you can jump off the broadcast if you don't want to hear this. That is your prerogative. You have a free will. It's okay if you do. But I have been preaching this for the last four, five years. And it's contrary and the opposite to what many are preaching over the pulpit. Therefore, generally, the body in Christ... The body of Christ are not prepared for the storm because they haven't been spoken to over the pulpit about what's coming. You see, what we want is blessing, blessing, blessing. What we want, our need is tied in with God's need. Any correction for our direction is tied in with God's need For us to be in union, to be yearning for his presence, and to be in his presence. Our need, and I spoke this the other day, and God's need are one in the same. That need is always about giving him glory and building his kingdom. It's also tied in with his desire and his yearning to be in relationship with his child. That's why you were created, to be in relationship with God and that yearning within your spirit for the Father is a natural phenomenon, sublime, amazingly miraculous, complete. When we're not yearning for the presence of God and we're not in God's presence, then we struggle to have rest. 
there's an agitation within us and bad news has bad effects on us. But when we are in union with God and the yearning of his presence is actioned, then we acquire peace. We acquire, g'day Michael, serenity. We acquire the need that we need in that moment. You might need a million dollars and God needs you to have it because you're going to give God glory and build his kingdom. Then will God give you that need? Well, depending on your mindset and heart set, if there's kingdom honor about you, then that million dollars is more than a possibility because God knows he can trust you because he knows you're going to give him glory and build his kingdom with that. But you've got to recognize the small blessings first. It's recognizing those blessings and being grateful for them that will give him, God, the confidence in trusting you with the bigger because you are growing. You're not easily impacted by bad news, breaking news, doomy, gloomy news. You're not moved by it emotionally. Your reaction is one of stability and you are trusting God that he's still on the throne and he's guiding the direction in which you're going and the world's going. He knows who is in power. He knows who the snakes are. He knows who the wolves are and he knows who his sheep are. Thank you, Michael. But we become easily agitated. Easily moved to reaction. So easy to complain, so easy to be disappointed, so easy to not trust. The Bee Gees sang a song once, How deep is your love? Baby, I want to know how deep is your love? How deep is your trust? You say, I trust God. Then you will not worry about anything in your life. You will trust God in everything. You'll become the serenity in your life. And you float on the rivers from the throne room with an expectation, with an anticipation, and with a knowingness that God will do what he needs to do. But are we agitated with the news of Trump being indicted? We can be concerned, of course. But to worry is to be detached. Detached from what? Detached from the source of life. So we have a problem. And it's a personal problem, isn't it? The problem is, do I 
have utter trust in God and what his plans are for my life. Come on now. If I do, then I will not be moved by anything that is shock horror. I won't be moved by any trial or tribulation. I won't be moved by any storm. Because I'm bigger and I'm stronger than that storm. Because my God is bigger and stronger than that storm. But if we're... But if we are... If we're honest and there is a unsettling feeling in me and it's... I'm getting a bit agitated by it. The turbulence is kind of like a bit... You know, it's... It's turbulent, and um, if my reaction is one of unrest and a lack of peace, there is disquiet in my soul, in my thinking, then I'm not 100% rooted in Jesus. I think I am, but I'm not. Oh, Papa, I'm human, yet yeah, well, so was Apostle Paul. But he found that everlasting joy. He found it. And he was human like you and me. We can't give excuses because that will lessen my responsibility to find everlasting joy. And that only comes from the heart of God. And that only comes if I'm close to the heart of God. And I'm only close to the heart of God when I not only yearn his presence, but I'm in it. And I'm in it even as I'm driving. I'm in it as I'm talking to my friend over a cup of coffee I'm in his presence how can that be well as I'm talking to my friend my soul is rejoicing in the moment my toe soul take a look at this thing there's no nail on it and it's throbbing like a heartbeat. A bit less these days now. <clears throat> but I'm not worried about it. Now the devil says to me, infection, how are you going to go to India? Suggestions. It always comes in the form of a suggestion. A suggestion will always have you questioned what you know, what you've been told? Just a suggestion. The devil says to me, maybe because you've had this operation, you're going to get infection. Maybe, maybe you won't be able to go to India. It's a suggestion. Suggestion. A bill comes. Um, maybe you're not going to be able to meet this bill because you don't have the money in your bank account right now. The suggestion? Do you think it's going to come? Maybe it won't. Suggestion. When a suggestion like that comes and it's not of God... You've got to hold that thought, that suggestion captive. 
and you have got to throw it real fast. You cannot allow yourself even three or four seconds to meditate on it. If you meditate, and here's the benchmark. Let me speak it real. If you meditate on a suggestion that is concrete to the word of God and his promise, and you meditate on that for two seconds, it will go from your mind and go into your heart. It travels that quickly. That's why we need to keep the gates of our soul. We need to, we need to keep guard. Stand at the gates of our eyes, our mouth, our ears. Stand and hold captive anything. That's a suggestion. The truth is, during these days of chaos and years of chaos and crisis, you are going to be preserved. You are not partakers in any economic downturn. You are not partakers of spirits of infirmity. You're not partakers of anything that is negative, that will limit your progress, that will limit your uh, elevation, that will limit your promotion, that will limit your freedom, that will dim your light. You are not a partaker of any of that. You're not operating from the world's value system, money system, moral system, attitude system, dependency on the system you are above it you're above it it's not up to you to know where the provision's coming from that is not your business nor is it mine it is not up to you as to when you're going to receive your healing the timing the manner in which you receive the healing it's not your business mob MYB. MYOB is an accounting package. MYOB, yeah? Mind your own business. Literally, get your, get your nitty-picky brain out of God's business. It's quite limited as to what we have power over not in terms of darkness but in terms of control over you see my job is to pray is to trust and to live my life in a way that pleases Jesus on a daily basis throughout the day and bring the first fruits of my repentance to God that's my job I'm to decree and declare his promises. That's my job. That's your job. As a child of God, that's your job. It's God's job, according to his sovereign will, as to how all that pans out. And it's his job to work the miracles. I'm not moved by what's happening in the world at the moment. The Lord told me, that there was a political figure, and I spoke it over the live. Last week, I think, towards the end of the live, I, I can't remember exactly when, I said there is a, a prominent 
political figure and that they would conspire to tie the hands of this individual. This is what I spoke. Because the Lord told me. But this individual is my anointed. And those who seek to tie the hands of my anointed, their hands will be tied. Their behavior will be weighed and measured. And I will surely, I will surely decree and declare my judgment over them. And look what's happened today. Excuse me. over a flu virus and another one's trying to come on me. Not only have I lost my toenail, but a flu virus is trying to come on me. Do you think I'm going to accept that? I don't think so. Don't touch God's anointed. There is a powerful storm coming. But our God is more powerful than the storm. What is this the USA? How do I say this? For a time, the USA will be relegated from number one standing ranking in the world. There is a forecoming family, there is a demise. And it has to happen so that there is a reset in the minds and hearts of every American. God has been played with and there's a relegation from the ranking of number one in the world, not only in terms of economic standing, but in terms of currency standing as well. We pray against it, of course. But God has a sovereign will. And he showed me the falling away of America. He showed me the falling away. It happened first in the churches. It happened first in the churches. Within the body of Christ itself. And then it happened societal in society and then it happened politically it happened in the churches first in the body of christ the falling away occurred 
and then societal. In society, morally, ethically, the values of caring for another, it declined, it fell. And then politically. It didn't start with politics first. The falling away started within the church. It did. Fakeness and falsity. The church was riddled with fakeness and falsity. And then that permeated in society. Church lost its moral compass, its ethical compass. It lost the true authentic word of God, the gospel message. It lost it. Don't be offended because if you're offended, you've got an orphan spirit. And an orphan spirit is, is, is one of unlove and feeling abandoned. It happened in the church. And, that, and the church... four walls it stayed within and society began to lose its way and the church had little to no effect on the lives of others evangelism became a extinct breed hear me and the devil came into the body and created havoc strife and division false messages false words and it's still happening within the church. Heal the church, you'll heal society. Heal society, you'll heal the political structures of the land. But the body of Christ needs to be healed first. And the falling away of the church, God's judgment is upon it. And so this days and years of duress... And affliction is going to awaken the church. And there's a cleansing. Now what about America? God is a God of restoration. But something has to fall. And something must come away. And there must be some ruination. For something to be restored. Something has got to be fractured or broken for it to be restored. The land, the continent of Africa is being restored. Ask Jerry Cooper about it. Ask him about it. About Africa and Rwanda and Uganda and all these nations in Africa that have been the whipping boy of the West. Not anymore. America loses its top spot of number one in terms of a world power, economically and the currency. But God is a God of restoration. And the church must, in, must endure it. Thanks, Jerry. It's changing rapidly. Uganda and Rwanda. I, I mean, these are economic tiger economies. The African continent, its, its spirituality 
and his love of Jesus and his celebration of the presence of God is far greater than that in America and Australia. Revival's been happening for years. African spirituality in terms of love of God and celebration of life despite poverty it is all inspiring. A motivational speaker over the pulpit in Australia and America, that's not inspirational. The inspiration has got to come from the congregation. And there's a purification of the church happening. And with this duress and the storm coming, the church is being purified and God will restore America back to its ranking of one. God will restore and heal the land, but not before the church is humbled and bows before God and says that, oh my gosh, what have we done? <clears throat> Nehemiah. Where are the Nehemiahs in America and Australia? Where are the Nehemiahs calling, calling the land to repentance? Where is the call to repentance? I'm hearing the call for prosperity, but I'm not hearing the call for repentance. And the church has got to be purified. And the only way it can be purified is when it's persecuted. The body of Christ in Australia, it's just beginning. Persecution, being a Christian, oh, It's just begun. There's got to be the call for repentance. Way of wanting, wanting, wanting. The church in America and Australia has become an abomination. It's become a purple circle, inner circle. There has been little to no evangelism in the streets, the alleyways, the stadiums, the cafes, the gyms. It's become lackluster. Lukewarm, boring on cold. And God could vomit. Now, Roger's from America. And he's in the Philippines. Jerry is in Rwanda, Africa. And he's from America. I'm from Australia. And I'm sorry in some ways that I speak the way I speak. But I need to be a watchman. And the watchman must speak what the watchman sees on the horizon. And the American dollar is going to fall, free fall. And other currencies around the world will take its place. Yep. Already there's an alliance called BRICS. And it's between India, Russia, China, Brazil, Saudi Arabia, Iran. All the major oil producing countries in the world have formed an alliance.
you can't speak the name of Jesus. Otherwise, you're persecuted. In America and Australia, we had the freedom to speak the name of Jesus wherever we went. That is about to change. And don't get depressed with what I'm saying. You will not have the freedom. And it will be law, uh, it'll be unlawful to speak the name of Jesus to another. You think that's bizarre and a bit far-fetched? Wait for it. Wait for it. There'll be social anarchy in the streets of America because of this indictment of Trump. The purification has begun in the Australian church and the American church. It's begun. And we have to go through it It cannot be stopped. God's in control. Those of us who are rooted in Christ, fear not. All is well. You'll be preserved in these days. The presence of God will be over you. But there's some shock. News will come with each new day. Ministries collapsing. Public figures in the Christian world arrested because of money laundering, illegal transactions, corruption, Christians, and will feel shame that the name of Jesus through the church, which is Christian, receives as public anger because some have abused and misrepresented Jesus in their daily goings, ins and outs. It's a time for justice because that's what God's judgment is. And when there's justice, things are renewed and restored, reinvigorated, re-energized. The church will come back very strongly But not before the purging, not before the purification period, not before that time of of great shaking and shifting and sifting, shaking, shifting and sifting. It has to transpire. We've played with God for too long. We've tested the Lord our God for too long. We've said, oh, God's a God of love. His patience is everlasting. Well, we're going to feel God's patience in these years to come. Your prayer should be, if you're in debt, Lord, I have a need for this debt to be eradicated. That's a need. Because in these days, you certainly don't want to be indebted to someone or something. You need to be out of debt. I don't care how you do it. It's between you and God. But that should be a cry from your soul and your heart, from the deepest inner man and woman, a cry of, Lord, 
eradicate this debt. <clears throat> now, God may ask you and tell you to do some things that will cause you great discomfort. You might have to sell your house and go live with your parents. Oh, Papa, God wouldn't want that. Well, hang on. Wait, 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 wait. God has a sovereign will. If you're in debt, that's a major concern. And that should be your prayer focus. It's biblical. The word says you will lend to many and borrow from none. But your situation is I will lend to next to no one and I borrow from many. I'm not in a position to lend. Why? I'm in debt. You think God wants that? Now, I know I'm speaking and I'm stinging. This is very, come on, do you want me to speak truth or do you want me to, to just speak the happy chappy? <laughs> You've got to get out of debt and that should be your prayer. Forget about your children coming to Jesus. That's God's job. You pray for your children that they will have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But can you focus in on yourself a little bit? If you're in debt, eradicate it. Jerry Cooper and I had a talk. When I left Australia, I left with no debt. God eradicated every single debt. I became debt-free. Jerry did the same. He went to Rwanda debt-free. I went to Indonesia debt-free. Ika and I owe no money to no one. Jerry Cooper is the same. Now we're free. We're not bound. We're free. We're free. Because there is no debt millstone around my neck and my wife's neck. Now listen to me. That should be your prayer focus for the rest of this year. That's your primary need. But my healing? Well, maybe you're sick because you're stressed about your financial situation. Stress, financial stress, causes sickness. Debt-free means that I'm not agitated in my soul, my mind, my heart, my body about owing anyone anything because I don't. Maybe being debt-free means I need to really focus on being a good steward of the money I get and do the budget. And when I go to Walmart, I'm not going to buy those potato chips, those fatty fried snack foods. I don't need it. I want it, but I don't need it. Just a quality. Pardon? Just a quality. The quality? My wife's reminded me of a snack I like to buy, but I'm not in debt. I'm not laughing at you if you're in debt, but that's your prayer focus. I'm not going to repeat any more. Lord, show me the way out of debt. Now, God will do it a number of ways. Miraculously, a check will come into your hands and it'll pay off some of the debt. If your house is very big, then you may want to downsize. 
Wouldn't it be great if you owned your house outright? Wouldn't that be great? God can do it. Because that's a need. God doesn't want you in debt. He wants you out of debt. And that's a need. Doesn't God supply your need? He doesn't supply your want. I want to be out of debt. No. How can you bless me if you can't even bless yourself because you're indebted? How can you be a kingdom blessing to others when you can't even bless yourself because you're indebted? Those that are in debt, it's going to be a tough ride. So if I was you, and if you're in debt, I'd be praying to the Lord and saying, Lord, I decree and declare by the end of this year, I am debt free. But you've got to be prepared to do something, to give God something to work with, and be a good steward of handling money in your life. Amen? We are here. We have to be watchful and careful, not stingy, not frugal, but good stewards of what God gives. Amen? Maybe there's things that you have that you don't need. And if you sold them at a garage sale or flea market, I don't know what you call them there in the US, but if you started to sell some things that you don't need, if you've got two cars and you only need one and you're in debt, why you got two cars? If you've got Netflix uh, contract, you might want to drop it. If you've got a gym membership, you might want to drop it. If you're going to fast food outlets all the time, you might want to go to your local market buy some fresh stuff and cook it yourself. Might want to do that. Mama? You might want to forget that holiday that you want to go on. You want the holiday. You don't need it because you can't afford it. You getting this? You get rid of those things that you don't need. Keep what you need and God will give you what you need. You keep what you want but you don't need it, then how can God supply your need? Because you are keeping something that is not needed. You just want it. Can I ask the question, why do you want it? Good question. Because you don't need it. My wife emptied out a wardrobe. She had all these clothes. I won't say why. She just didn't didn't need all those clothes. She could have sold them, but she gave them away. She didn't need them. Were the clothes of value? Yes. Did she want them? Yes. Did she need them? So she, she let it go. Hey, Mary. 
That's the attitude we have to have. If we're to survive these days, it's being in union with God and being in union with Him throughout the day. And even as we sleep, it's praying to God for our need. And your need is one and the same of His need for you. Because God has needs also. He needs us to be in relationship with Him. That's a need that God has. We have the same need. If the two needs come together, that's called union. And when that union takes place, what is God's is yours. What is mine is God's. If God's generous, I'm generous. If God is debt free, I must be debt free. If God forgives, I must forgive. If God ministers to me, I minister to God and I minister to others. Minister to God? Yes, because God needs my company. He needs my relationship. That's why he created me. So I could walk with him. God needs me. He needs me to build his kingdom on earth and to give him glory. Anything that I desire to do that, God will supply my need. Be it money, be it health, be it whatever. My need will be supplied. It depends on my heart set. Mindset. If I want kingdom honour, and that's what motivates me, then God will give me everything I need to bring about the kingdom honour. And that's where the prosperity preachers have got it wrong. It's not based out of a want. And prosperity preachers are talking about what you want. And God's generous. Yes, he is generous. But he's not generous and he doesn't have a leading heart to your wanting things. Because the scripture is very clear about it. God needs you, not wants God needs you to build his kingdom and give him glory. And whatever you need, he will give it to you. Now, I needed to go to India. No one sold into the airfares for Ika and I to go to India. Nobody, nobody sold into those Indian airfares. But God did. The Australian tax office put money into my bank of Queensland Bank. I have no idea what it got, how it got there, why, why it's there. It's just there. Then the Commonwealth Bank said to me there was a cheque in 2009 that I hadn't deposited and they wanted to follow through. What? You want to follow through in 2023 something about 2009? Well, on Facebook, because I can't afford... I didn't have the money to call them because you're on wait, you're on hold, and it costs so much. And uh, I was on Facebook, Commonwealth Bank, and I messaged, and then the woman said, do you want me to call you? Oh, yes, please. So she called me from Australia, and the call dropped out, but she had my number, and she called me again. And four times I was talking to uh, 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 the service people, and four times the call dropped out, and I said, Lord, this fifth time, this call is not going to drop out. And it didn't drop out. And the money came into my, was deposited into my bank account. 
Those two deposits were enough for my airfares to India. Now, when I get there, Himansu, who's here now, is going to host me fully. Host me with my food, with our accommodation, with our transport. Hosting us fully. Needed me to go, but my online family thought, well, that's not a need. No. But it was a need for God. Are you hearing me? I'm not complaining that I didn't get provision for the airfares. Don't mishear me. I'm giving you a testimony of if God needs you to have something, you and it's got your name on it, you'll get it. You'll receive it. But you've got to have the heart set and mindset for kingdom honour, for kingdom glory, and to build it. If you've got that mindset, and that comes from being in the presence of God, often, when you have God's need in you, God's need becomes your need, oh, then you've got a powerful relationship of provision. I've got, uh, uh, I've had surgery on my toe, but I'm still going to India, whatever the condition of my toe is, in 11 days. I'm still going. If I have to strap it, wrap it, I'm still going. Why? Because God has a need for Ikra and I to go. I paid for the visa, e-visa. I went online and Himansu helped me with Ika's visa because the folk, her, her, her ID pics, passport photos were not, I couldn't download them on the website. Hear this. And so, Himatsu, my son, processed the visa. And he said, Papa, it's paid for. And I said, you naughty boy, did you pay for the visa application? No, Papa. And he said, Papa, did you? I said, no. I checked my bank account. Nothing came out of my bank account. Free e-visa. Free. Does God need us in India? Because if he didn't need it, there'd be blocks, block, block, block. Are you praying for your need or are you praying for your want? Now, Jerry, I'm heading to Africa in the back half of this year. I need, God wants me to go. God needs me to go. Roger, you've got to believe. So, God needs me to go to India. I know he needs me to go uh, to Africa. I know he needs me to go. He will put in place all the provision for my air tickets and Ika's air tickets to go to Africa. Because we have a ministry called African Youth spirit rising it empowers african youth it's going to be in every school in uganda 
made law for our program to be in every school in Uganda. I, I'm, I'm shocked by it. So, and in India, we look like having, and I think in time, quickly, we'll have a thousand churches that come under our ministry umbrella. A thousand. I have to oversee a thousand churches. I, I, I had not dreamed of that. I could never have expected it. But God needed me to be willing to be willing. See, God has a need. And he has to come through you to realize that need. Because what needs to be done on earth, God needs us to be willing to be willing to walk in obedience to his will. And so when we're obedient, all our need is met. Don't even say needs. All our need is met. Because there'll be different times of the day you have a different need. Now, as you satisfy God's need through your willingness, things that you want come into your life. My God, did you get that? When you fulfill God's need and you're willing to be willing to obey and walk according to that need, then things that you want come into your life. The need is wealth. The want is riches. When you walk in the vision and you walk in obedience, then those things that you wanted, those things, riches, come into your life and you don't even ask for them. They just materialize. And that's where the prosperity scriptures have got it wrong. God is all about need. Not want. But when you pray for the need, the want that you wanted comes manifest before your eyes. Amen. Okay.